0: Hey guys, I'm Felicia Rose. And I'm Uncle Lloyd Koff. Hi, this is Russ Striner. Scott Schiaffo here. Throbbing for Horror is my favorite podcast. You're listening to Throbbing with Horror. I don't know why you're listening to Throbbing with Horror.
1: And you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. <laughs>
0: and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, and I want to welcome you to a very special 100th episode of Throbbing with Horror. I am joined as I am every week by the amazing Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man?
1: Happy episode 100! Holy shit, we got here. Yeah, look at us go.
0: I am so happy uh, that we got here. I also look back and be like, I can't believe that we've done... 100 main episodes. We've done over 100 episodes
1: in total, if you count the bonus ones. Oh, yeah, we're up to, like, 112 <laughs> if you count those. Yeah. And that's, we, I know, we have a ton of episodes banked, too, that are coming out later. Yeah, we have well over 100, <laughs> to be honest. But
0: 100 main review episodes, which is just amazing. At the very beginning, I was like, I hope we get through, like, October.
1: yeah. <laughs> So, I think we picked the perfect movie for this.
0: Oh, when, like, ever someone is going to start, like, hosting movies or something, like, I see it constantly online. If you get, like, a brand new horror host that goes on, and they immediately do Night of the Living Dead. Because between this and House on Haunted Hill, these are, like, the two biggest movies that are in the public domain.
1: Yeah, definitely. And... I mean, it's good reason to. One, it's good that they're both good movies, too, in the public domain. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's, we'll jump right into that. Well, real quick, I do want to say, I know Joe Bob in the last drive and just did their 100th episode, and they did Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> My right hand up to whatever we did have this planned already, and I even asked you I'm like, do we change it now? And I'm like, nah, fuck it. If it's good enough for Joe Bob, it's good enough for us.
0: Oh yeah, when I saw Joe Bob did that for his 100th episode, I was like, God damn it! And like, we almost immediately started texting each other. And I was like, no, we're doing it because this is like the special big episode
1: movie. Dude, and I saw, I looked did a little bit of research on it, too, on it, not that I need to too much with this movie, but Romero has credited their mess up, because, you know, it was originally going to be called Night of the Flesh Eaters, right. not uh, Night of the Living Dead, and they had their whole copyright thing there, and then they changed their mind, Night of the Living Dead, and someone forgot to put the copyright symbol there, and that's how it ended up in public domain. Which is hilarious. Oh, definitely, but he credits that to his whole career, pretty much because then that's why it was shown over and over and over at nauseam at drive-ins and like midnight showings and everything is because it didn't cost theaters a penny to show it. Like all they had to pay for was a film reel of it, but they never had to pay royalties out or anything like that. It was them basically printing money if you owned a theater. And then, so everyone saw it and that basically kicked off his career for the most part. I mean, as we know it today.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause he had worked with like, Uh, Mr. Rogers, he had shot some like Iron City beer commercials and stuff, but this was, was like the big thing. Also, it gave it a way to, this is the most watched movie by characters in horror movies. Where if a character in a horror movie is watching a horror movie, usually it's Night of the Living Dead.
1: Yeah, like nine times out of ten, it's Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yeah, and it's just and it just puts it that much more into... I love it whenever it shows up in another movie, because you're like, oh shit, I love that movie too! I can kind of relate to them even just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, let's be real, this is, I'd say, the most influential zombie movie of all time. There's one or two other ones that are close, but this one gave us zombies the way we know and before anyone actually, I know, I know there's zombie <laughs> movies before this. This is what gave us what you think of when you hear the word zombie. Before it was like the voodoo zombies and stuff, like people being cursed and mind controlled and stuff. This was the dead rising from the grave. You get your hordes, you get your, you need to destroy the brain, you get all that stuff. Comes from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, the flesh
0: eating, all of that. The brain dead, just like. It's a live thing, but it has no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's the modern-day zombie was created with this little movie shot right outside of Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy when you think about it. No one actually, I guess, really traces it back. Now everyone in the horror circles will, yes. But it's not nearly as famous for that as you'd think it is. I guess because it has that ca- caveat of, well, it wasn't the first zombie movie, but with everything you know, that's just annoying to explain. That's probably why.
0: Yeah. But this, it's also one of those movies, like, growing up, I watched this movie. This is one of the first horror movies I probably ever saw. Because I remember watching it being in elementary school and being terrified of it because I'm like, oh shit, they're talking about, like, officials and doctors in Cumberland, Maryland are dealing with this as well. We go shop in Cumberland, Maryland. Like, holy <laughs> shit, this is close to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's only cities that, like, we can be at within an hour, like, all these places they're naming. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and
0: uh, just, a like, a side thing of, I still have told this story before, but I need to tell it on the Night of the Living Dead episode, of I honeymooned at the Evan City Cemetery where the opening scene was shot.
1: <laughs> Dude, we're going out there. Uh, I mean peek behind the curtain, because this will obviously be recorded before, we're going out, like, to Monroeville, to the Dawn of the Dead Mall, probably Evansville Cemetery and everything this weekend.
0: Yeah, and I cannot wait. Like, I can, I've been to the cemetery, I think, twice now, and I could honestly go monthly and still have a great time.
1: Yeah, it'll be a cool trip.
0: It's just, it is also, it's just so, like, surreal to be there, and, to be walking around and like everything's still there like some of the trees aren't because that's a really fucked up story too of like there's this big storm that came through and it knocked down a bunch of the trees and it actually like unearthed a lot of the bodies which is really ironic that's the Night of the Living Dead Cemetery that the dead are rising from the earth <laughs>
1: yeah it is wild isn't it yeah alright you ready to get into this thing
0: oh yeah I can't wait this is a I've been really looking forward to this one
1: Alright, so episode 100, Night of the Living Dead from 1968, directed by George Romero, written by George Romero and John Russo, produced by a ton of people, notable name I'll throw out, Russ Striner.
0: Yes, Russ Striner and Carl Hardman, who plays um, Harry Cooper.
1: Yes. Dude, so, th- this movie is a miracle that it got made, when you looked at like the way they were doing it, like... Uh, We can't really drive the trucks to the house because it's all sunken in. Okay, so the crew built a bridge to drive trucks and cars over, like, to get in every day. It's a miracle this thing got turned out.
0: Oh, and it was like, they found a farmhouse that they were about to tear down. It's almost like the Blues Brothers, where they found a mall they were about to tear down. And they're like, can we use it? They're like, yeah, do whatever you want with it. And it just adds so much production value immediately of like, oh, we can break out windows, we can board up doors, we can throw shit out the windows, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, weird thing about why this movie looks good today when we see it. You know, for being 1968 shot so guerrilla indie style, you'd think it would look like garbage, right? Right. Do you know what production company went in years later and took the original film cells and cleaned them up and made them all pretty and everything? No. Lucasfilm. George no, Lucas. No shit. Yeah, and George Romero was like, I don't think it's going to come out good because it's so... Bad the way we shot it and everything. And he was shocked at how well it came out and everything. That's why... For being such an indie movie shot in the 60s that still looks so good today.
0: George Lucas is like, No, it's okay, George. I just, George just need to stick together. I can make your zombie movie look really good. Do you want a do back in the background?
1: <laughs> you beat me to it by a second. Like, I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't throw a do back in there. Yeah,
0: I think it could really. I know the cemetery scene works out really good, but if you put a few more stormtroopers in a do back, I think it would look really good.
1: <laughs> replace uh, Ben's gun with a walkie talkie. <laughs> but it starts with the classic scene of the car driving to the cemetery literally nothing to it but you see that you know what you're in for right away nothing to it Greg this is a this is the big opening to the movie
0: it shows you like the bleakness of the area you get the weird like kind of music in there where it's almost like sci-fi ish as well like i remember driving on this road to get to evan city cemetery and the entire time i'm talking to liz being like this is the road they're driving on and she's like i know i've st- been forced to watch this movie before and then like we make the turn up into the cemetery i'm like this is exactly the turn the day made it's i know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's johnny and barbara they're arriving at their father's grave to put a we still remember cross at it johnny's all cynical and cranky that they have to do it he's like how many times do you think we bought the same one? It goes away every year. They take it, a little bit of spit and polish, sew it right back to us.
0: Yeah, I love that he just complains the whole time of, like, Mother doesn't want to come out here and visit the grave, so she forces us to drive 200 miles uh, into Evan City. So I'm trying to think, like, okay, where are they kind of located? They also date themselves with this... Um, line because they're talking about daylight saving time and how they just lost an hour of sleep so i believe that puts it in march
1: oh i thought you meant year wise Like brett we still have daylight savings time
0: no i mean it's the fact that he's talking about like losing an hour of sleep but it also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because barber's talking about like it's eight o'clock and the sun's still up and that doesn't happen in march
1: I have no idea. I wish I I should know when daylight savings time is. All I know is I wake up really tired one day a year. Yeah, and I'm as
0: cranky as Johnny is here.
1: <laughs> yeah, Barbara's scared of Cemetery. She's always creeped out by him, and they put the grave up, and we get the, the line of the movie, which is so <laughs> stupid that it is, but it is the line of the movie. We're co-
0: they're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming for you, Barbara. Look, there's one of them now. Hurry, let's get out of here. Johnny, here, hear you.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this for a second, because they don't know anything weird's going on. We hear a little bit of weird stuff on the radio about satellites and radiation, but they think nothing of it. So, in Johnny's mind, there's a poor man shambling about the graveyard. (laughs) He's probably at the grave of someone he cared about very much. He's sad. And his idea is, loudly enough that the man can hear you, look, there he is. They're coming to get you, Barbara. This fucking asshole, Johnny, just, like, picking on this guy at the grave. I mean, granted, it turns out he is a zombie, but he doesn't know that. Well, it'd be funny if he's
0: not even a zombie at the end. He was just, like, angry, so he started, like, attacking him. He's like, fuck you, man, my wife died.
1: Exactly, that's what it's like. If he wasn't a zombie, it would be a dick move.
0: Uh, This is also visiting the cemetery and seeing the layout of it. It's funny how in the movie they do like a complete loop around the cemetery to make it look like they're like deep in it. But then when you actually go there, it's literally you make a left right as you go, like enter the cemetery and all the graves are right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's movie magic. We've seen that from visiting filming locations. We know that. Oh, yeah,
0: but it's just so cool to see that. It's almost like the Friday the 13th filming locations, where she goes and she enters the city in three different ways.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But the old offended man attacks, goes after Barbara Johnny laughing, watching earlier, like, oh, shit, I better do something. Leaps in to fight the zombie and gets kind of anticlimactically thrown against a tombstone and dies. Yeah, he gets his head bashed against a tombstone, and it's very just like thunk. Okay, he's out. Yeah, Barbara makes it to the car, but she doesn't have the keys, and the zombie's pounding on the window grabs like a brick or something right yeah a rock or a brick or what i don't know
0: he picks up like a rock and starts banging it against the window and breaks it open right in front of the mausoleum that is still there and they actually a few years ago completely renovated because it was like falling down and the night of the living dead fans came together and raised money to like rebuild it and make it nice again which when you go there it's beautiful
1: oh hell yeah but Barbara doesn't have the key, so she puts the car in neutral <sighs> and starts driving away. I, I know everyone makes fun of this. I actually buy it one hundred percent and would probably do the same thing because she goes into a tree. She doesn't have her power steering like going or anything because the car's not even on. So like I buy this one hundred percent that she'd crash into a tree like that.
0: But did they even have that back then? Yeah, they've always
1: had power steering oh, they fluid. Did? Okay, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, or else like you'd be physically turning your car wheels, you know what I mean, against oh, the road all the time.
0: Okay, but it's so funny. She crashes the tree, crashes into a tree, like 10 feet away from where she started, because she gets out of the car and runs away. You can still see the gravestones.
1: Okay, oh, yeah, she's right there. She didn't get very far. It just gave
0: her a little head start. And Every time I watch this movie, I, this opening scene is one of my favorite Uh, scenes in any horror movie ever just because it's so classic you get some great lines i've been to the cemetery even before i went to the cemetery i remember looking at like pictures online and being like one day but the scene is literally like five minutes
1: oh yeah dude i mean i don't think it's at least it's not an exaggeration for me to say this is up there with like jaws scream nightmare on elm street like those classic opening scenes in horror movies that everyone talks about and remembers this one's definitely up there with it and but and i think people flock to the cemetery a lot more because
0: of course the farmhouse is gone and i saw someone uh no it's not oh yeah the farmhouse got torn down
1: really i could have swore i just saw it like a little bit ago
0: Uh no, it's because there's it got torn down right after the filming of this. That's why they could let them do whatever they want with it, and now just some person's house is there, like it's like a log cabin looking thing. Because there was some YouTuber that went there and did filming locations, and he's just standing outside this person's house filming. And I keep waiting for like them to run out and be like, "Get the fuck away from here, you fucking horror freak!" Oh,
1: I'm thinking (laughs) of the remake house. The remake house is still standing. Yeah, that's still standing. Okay, that's what I'm getting mixed up with. But yeah, so she does run to the farmhouse and smartly takes off her fancy shoes to run, but still has to hurt running on the road like that. And I love when she gets into this house, because really, at first, now she finds scary stuff, but there's nothing scary about it, so... Let's kick up the music real loud and frightening and show the taxidermy.
0: Right. Yeah. It's they wander into the taxidermy room and it's like Ace Ventura when nature calls when he walks in he's like, Wah! he's like, what is it, Ventura? Does it scare you? It's like, no, what a lovely room of death.
1: <laughs> and we're starting to get, like I said, think about zombie movies and things we think we know, but we don't. So all this is new to audiences. So also keep that in mind while you're watching this movie. Because you're getting more zombies gathering outside, so this is the first formation of a horde that was ever shown in a movie.
0: Yeah, and they never call them zombies in this movie, they're ghouls and
1: flesh eaters. Exactly, because Romero didn't think, because zombies, like we said, existed, and this didn't really fit the bill. But everyone dubbed them zombies, so, okay. It's like, this isn't voodoo magic, it's a Venus radiation! But they're gathering outside and she goes upstairs, finds a freshly eaten body up there, oh. runs back down right into Ben outside, and they go both go back in.
0: Whenever they see go upstairs and they see that like skull where it's like all the flesh is eaten away from it, but there's still bits hanging off of it, for the time it looks fucking awesome.
1: Oh, it still holds up well. I'm looking at a sticker of it I have on my table right here. It still looks good.
0: Uh, Did you ever see the 90s re-release of this movie where they added extra scenes in the cemetery? I don't believe so. Where they bring back the first ghoul, that guy. They're they're coming to get you, Barbara. Him. Wait, Johnny? No, they bring back the ghoul. Oh, okay. But this is 30 years later. So... He's trying, it looks like he's also trying to fit into the exact same suit that he was in before because it's this guy laying in a coffin and this ill-fitting suit that's way too small for him now. And then it's like the opening scene of where he comes from, but it's got some like weird preacher in it that has like a really really weird beard and stuff. It adds nothing to it whatsoever. It's just extremely funny that they tried to do this weird thing in the nineties.
1: That guy got a lot of work for being like the first zombie in *Night of the Living Dead*. I looked at his IMDb when looking stuff up for the episode. He was in a thousand shitty B movies, but like, good on him. Yeah, because when you think about, it, he's the first zombie we ever see in the way we know zombies. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, so now we're introduced to Ben, who's our hero of the movie.
0: Oh yeah, Dwayne Jones, which is fucking. I love him in this movie.
1: Oh, he's great, and you know what? Although I wish he would have did more, I also respect that he was like. Yeah, I was in one of the most iconic movies of all time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. He goes, I just put all that behind me pretty much. I think he went on to be a professor or a teacher of something after this.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it makes sense because the first time we see him, he's wearing like a Mr. Rogers like sweater, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he goes out and kills a bunch of zombies with a tire iron. Then as he's doing that, Barbara's catatonic from here on fucking out for yeah. the rest of the movie, aside from little bits goes back in, and one's about to get Barbara that got in the house, kills that, takes it outside, more are coming, so he lights it on fire, and all the rest of the zombies react to it. They don't like fire. Right. So this is the boarding up the house. This is one of my favorite <laughs> scenes where I laugh all the time at it. They're breaking down everything in their cabinets, tables, inside doors, everything to board up the house. And I like this movie because it's not unexplained. They show them breaking things apart. It's not just... Pure lumber everywhere. Well, there is one scene
0: where they pull out like a piece of wood from like under the sink, and there's just a giant pile of wood under there. And it's just like, oh, that's extremely lucky. Extreme at least with the the remake, they explained they threw it, it was a throwaway line of like, Oh yeah, my uncle's trying to redo the place. And that's why there's all this lumber.
1: Yeah, exactly. But they're breaking everything up and goes. Go into the other room. Find me some wood because he's boarding up the place. He's he dude. He has to be exhausting himself. He does like a whole day's worth of construction in five minutes. But he's hammering everything. Barbara goes into the living room and <laughs> finds three sticks for the fireplace.
0: I even like <laughs> she comes walking back in with like the three tiny little pieces of wood that she found. And Ben literally looks at her and like rolls his eyes and is like, "Never mind."
1: He's the worst. I love Barbara, but she's the worst. She's just
0: like, I don't want to help, so I'm just going to act catatonic and lay here and sleep.
1: Yeah, but they get the house secured. And then, this is really good, too, because they did not have a budget for this movie. You know, I mean, they had a budget, but a very small one. Yeah. And so, to really show you what's going on in the world... Ben just describes what he saw, but it's a captivating story. And really in your head, you can tell, oh shit, it's chaos out there. Oh yeah. He talks about the gas truck that was barreling down. Those things were out, got run over, were hanging onto the side, an explosion. you're Oh, it's chaos out there, and we don't see a bit of it. And, they're, like you
0: said, the entire time I'm visualizing this in my head, because they, they explain it well enough, but don't over-explain it where it gets cheesy, of like, oh yeah, ever since I was little, I can literally see that gas truck driving and, like, exploding, and how cool that would look.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And I should mention, as he's telling this story, Barbara's sitting there paying attention, listening to his story. He's done with his story, so... In a natural conversation, Barbara would tell her story, which she starts to do. Right. Granted, she's a little slow at it because she shook up. Her brother just died right in front of her <laughs> less than an hour ago. So I understand. And she's talking about her and Johnny and what happened. And granted, is a little slow at it and everything. But she's like, me and Johnny, were coming to the funeral. And this man and Ben right away, she's barely into a story. He's rolling his eyes. like, ugh. I have to listen to this shit from you. <laughs> it's the apocalypse outside. Take every bit of information you can get. And she just listened to your whole gas station story. Maybe, like, grin if she goes on forever, okay, like, hey, we'll get back to this later. But instantly, she starts talking, like, oh, this fucking bitch. That's the way she's <laughs>
0: acting the second she's talking. Well, because she starts going into way too much detail, though. She was like, Johnny asked for some candy. And I looked for the candy. And I went, Johnny... You ate all the candy already. And then Johnny was mad there was no more candy. And then he started teasing me. They're coming to get you, Barbara. And I was going to go apologize to the man. And then he attacks me.
1: I love when she does the Johnny line. When she's a And then he was like, They're coming to get you, Barbara. I love when she does it. It makes me laugh so hard. But. And wait, like, she starts spazzing and everything and telling her story. And why don't you just keep calm mid-story? And when she gets to more of Johnny in the story, she's like, oh, no, Johnny. And she wants to go get him and everything. And she stands up and starting to go outside. Like, No, sit down. No, sit down. She hits him. And he just, like, clocks her. And she's out. Oh, yeah. She's
0: out for, like, a good portion of the movie. Where it's almost like he's like, thank God. Now I can actually work.
1: Okay, so me and Anna watched this movie together recently. Not for the show when I just did it with my notes, but uh, when it was on Joe Bob a few months ago. Yeah. And Anna has told me that when Barbara faints and is caught by Ben there, that that is a doll and not actually Barbara. What? No. I believe it's Barbara. But we rewound it five times, and she brought up valid points, and I'm still not sure. And she's going to be at Monroeville when we go this weekend, and I'm going to ask. Yeah, There's no way that they
0: took the time and money to make a doll of Barbara to have it fall over for two seconds.
1: Well, you're on my side. I didn't think so, but no. it it was it did look like it, but I'm like, I think it's still her.
0: Yeah, I think it's still her. We'll find out.
1: <laughs> yes. But... He puts her on the couch, and then the radio kicks on. There's an epidemic of mass murder! (laughs) And as we're getting all the exposition, more zombies are arriving outside. Ben takes a couch outside? Dude, you don't know how long you're going to be holed up here. Burn something else.
0: Yeah, because a couch is going to go up really fast. He also uses, like, all of the lighter fluid that he has on this one couch. Yeah. I could see putting some on there, but... So you don't, and like you said, you have no idea how long you're going to be here. Save your resources.
1: Also, couches go up really fast. I just yeah. burned a couch like two weeks ago. They go up quick. But side note to anyone who's in our area, if you go to the mall where they film Dawn of the Dead in Monroeville, there's the Living Dead Museum. And they have lots of cool props from different movies and stuff. But that radio from Night of the Living Dead is in there. You can see it.
0: It's not the radio, but it's the same kind.
1: Oh was that one not in there? No, the I only that one
0: was there. There's only like a couple things from Night of the Living Dead they had there. They had like a lighting rig that I spent way too much time staring at. And they also had the sheriff McClelland, um, his like uh bullet belt that he wears.
1: Oh, uh, I thought I thought I saw the radio. Never mind. No,
0: it's the exact same one, like kind, but it's not the one.
1: Man, I'm so excited about all these things. Like, there's the house, there's the radio. Yeah. You're just shutting me down on all of it.
0: Well, a side note I was looking on Facebook Marketplace a couple weeks ago, and I saw that exact same radio on there for like $100. And I was like, there is no reason for me to buy this, but I want it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, after laying the couch on fire outside, more boarding up the house, he finds the gun. Radio also drops in that they eat flesh. Oh, what the hell? And then, there's two random people in the house. Harry and Tom come up from the basement. God, this is where, like, yeah, uh, Ben goes upstairs to, like, move the body
0: away from the stairs so they can, like, go upstairs and not have to step over a dead person. And it's I love as soon as he goes away from her, like, she's staring at the door, then it starts to move, and, like, two people burst out of it. And especially at this point, first time watching it, if you're the audience, you're like, oh, shit, they got inside the house. You don't know that it's like other survivors because at this point, why would
1: they be there?
0: Dwayne, uh, Ben has boarded up the entire house. They do a big sweeping shot of all the work he's done. He sits down for like two seconds to have a smoke immediately gets up and luckily finds the gun before fucking Cooper does.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. So Harry and Tom come up. Uh, Harry's the older guy. Tom's younger. And also downstairs, there's Helen, Judy, and the young girl, Karen, who's sick, are all down there. Fucking Karen. <laughs> it does not go well at all, because Harry's a piece of shit and is yelling at Ben and everything. He's like, I could've used some help here. How am I supposed to know? They're like, you heard her screaming, didn't you? It was a big thing. Yeah, they were kind of the worst people in the world oh yeah they were be they were
0: like we're too afraid to go and help like yeah they have the, you do all the work up there we don't care it's like because they go into like we can't hear anything then the place uh sounded like
1: it was being torn
0: apart and ben's like stick to your story which way is it
1: harry also sees the radio and is fascinated by it
0: yeah and this i also love like later because like uh, Helen hasn't come upstairs yet and Harry goes back downstairs it's like oh yeah we're the smart ones and he mentions a radio and she's like you are the biggest idiot in the world there's communication <laughs> upstairs and you locked us down here yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's a giant argument about what's safer up there the cellar Harry's point is there's only one way into the cellar they only have to worry about one thing Ben's point is, there's also only one way out. Up here, if they get in one place, we can wall off another room, or we can escape from another window, etc., etc. Oh, yeah. I would rather be upstairs than in
0: the cellar, because at least you could jump out a window and run away.
1: And Tom is in the middle of this argument, like a little kid with his parents (laughs) arguing. It's funny, because at first, he's (laughs) on Harry's side, because he's known Harry longer. long time Well, he's making good points, Harry. Like, I kind of like Tom a lot. He's a go-getter.
0: Well, he's like the poster boy of, like, you think of a 1950s, like, chipper. Like, let's go! Kind of, like, young guy. That's him. That's Tom.
1: (laughs) Yes. But he goes back down pretty much here, I think, right? Is this where... Yeah, this doesn't last long. Harry goes back into the basement. Ben is in the kitchen, and a zombie reaches through and grabs him. And this is cool, because... This is where we first find out they're pretty much bulletproof aside from the head, because Tom's hammering the hand of the thing, its hand's just falling apart. Ben shoots at a bunch in the chest, and no effect until a headshot. Yeah, and
0: he finally does the headshot, which us as an audience now, we're screaming, shoot him in the head! They didn't know that then.
1: Exactly, you shoot a guy, like, in the heart, he's typically gonna go down.
0: Yeah, and I think I even uh, Ben makes some kind of like remark of like I'm fucking dumb with this, like in that kind of vein, and then just shoots him in the head. It was like, okay, yeah, I did it.
1: Yeah. Also, random, but the only bit of nudity in this movie right here, you get some zombie butt walking in there. Oh, some zombie. You see the horde growing and a little bit of zombie boob. Yeah, you do. Um, I mean, you know, sets the tone because we always see nasty scary zombie boobs from here on out and this is also like like halloween night i love to set
0: up a television outside like during trick-or-treating so when everyone comes by i'm watching a horror movie and like i've gotten so many parents being like that's a really good idea and i was about to play night of the living dead that was like wait a minute there's a naked woman in it i should not play that outside to the children
1: Granted, for two seconds, but if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it, and it's going to show to all the neighborhood kids.
0: As soon as, I'm, with my luck, as soon as that scene came on, there'd be like 50 kids at my door. they be like, no, let's watch yeah. Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> the horde's growing. This is where Harry goes downstairs, because Judy, who's Tom's girlfriend, comes up. Harry goes down with Helen and Karen, and this is where he's getting yelled at about, there's a radio up there?
0: Oh, no, I was going to say, like, it immediately also, uh, Helen's like, I know we don't like living together, but dying together is not going to be any better. Like, it automatically sets up of like, oh, yeah, their marriage is over.
1: (laughs) Oh, they've been on the rocks for a while, yeah.
0: It's one of those ones of, like, we'll have a kid, maybe that'll keep the marriage together, and then it didn't work.
1: And there's like a whole lot of nothing here, but not as an insult way, but you know, just getting to know everybody, more battening down the hatches and stuff. Judy goes downstairs with Karen, who again is sick. We don't know why yet. So that way, um, how the, both parents can come upstairs for a little bit. She's going to stay down there and watch the kid. Barbara is still comatose by the way. She's just laying on the couch, like kind of coming to, because when Helen lights a cigarette, She, like, sits up and kind of stares at her a little bit.
0: And I love her. She's like, I'm Helen Cooper. There's nothing to be afraid of. And then she, like, puts out the match.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they get the TV working, and news report comes on, and there's all these Pennsylvania... rescue stations list and we get the whole satellite story and everything
0: which i remember watching this as a kid and like so many of the rescue stations are at like middle and high schools and i remember being like i can't think of a worse thing to happen than like okay the zombies are attacking and we're getting eaten alive now you also have to go to school when you're not supposed to be
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then we cut to the scientists and a general in washington like on the news Yes. Fun fact, the reporter who you never see his face is also Russ Schreiner here, Johnny. And that's why you never see him. And they, again, they had no budget. So what they did is they pulled up a car in the middle of the street and they put the flags on the front of it <laughs> yes. like it was a general's car. And they let them just keep it. They're like, someone's going to come yell at us. And they're right in front of the White House and everything. They're, I know, not directly in front of it, but you know, like right in that general area. Yeah, And they were able to get all their shots and everything. And finally, a guy goes comes up to him and goes... Buddy, if I let you park here, I'd have to let every general park here. And it was right when they were done, they were like, oh, sorry about that. They left. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Uh, George Romero is also one of the uh, reporters in that scene. Yes, he is. It's really uh, shows really well of the military, like, the general and, like, the scientists are arguing the whole time during this interview of, like, we think it's due to the radiation. The general's like, we do not say that
1: yet because we do
0: not know. And the entire time, they're just arguing. So it sets up nobody knows what's going on.
1: Also, if you want to trace Romero's work forward, it legit sets up Day of the Dead. Yes. Like, the whole science versus military, like, theme of that movie. It, like, continues through all of his work and everything.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, that I'd never really made that connection before, but that's really good.
1: Oh, yeah, like, you can kind of find the seeds for everything he does later, like, in this whole series, like, planted here. Yeah. But after that, they make a plan to go get the truck. There's a truck outside, but it's low on gas. So, but there's a gas pump. They can drive out there, put gas in the truck, get back, load everyone in there, take off towards the rescue station. Solid plan, actually, not bad. Yeah. They honestly, the plan should have worked. They're fucking idiots, though. Yeah, they go to do it. The plan was solid, like ah, we always say. Rate the horror plan. This is a ten. This is a ten plan.
0: Oh yeah, super simple. Of like, we were uh, Ben and Tom are gonna go get the gas. Harry Cooper's gonna throw Molotov cocktails from the upstairs window, and the rest of you hide in the basement to stay safe.
1: Yeah, really solid. But we'll get to what goes wrong with it. But I like they're all go getting ready to go in the basement and everything. And Helen wakes up Barbara. Or Judy or one Yeah, Helen wakes up Barbara. She's like, we have to go leave now. And Barbara, the first thing she's like goes, Oh, I'd like to leave. Yes. Yeah,
0: she's like very excited <laughs> about leaving.
1: She just is is insane the rest of the movie, because there's later when they're talking about there's gonna be another news project actually. The TV is coming back on at 10 to 3 or something like, like that. She's just completely insane. It's
0: like, oh, only 10 minutes. That's not long to wait. Only 10 minutes. <laughs> la 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 la.
1: <laughs> so the plan's in action. Harry's upstairs throwing Molotovs out the window and it works. Boom. Flame, zombies scatter, make room. Does it a couple times. Ben and Tom go out to the truck. But then Helen follows because she's all worried about Tom. Okay, First hitch in the plan, but not that bad of one. We Judy can deal follows. With it. Judy follows. Thank you. Helen is Harry's wife? Yes. Great. Thank you, then. But first hitch in the plan, no big deal, though. We can get all three of us to the gas pumps. All right. They make it to the pump. They have this big thing of keys that's labeled gas pump. does not work. Or Tom doesn't know how to work a lock. I do not know
0: also why does ben put the torch right beside the car
1: yes is the most why, one why is it in your hand yeah like if you're not by the gas pump if judy's there give it to her have her like wave it wet around you know what i mean if you're all gonna be there
0: she's getting her jacket caught. she's getting what her jacket caught. oh
1: no that's not yet but that's no. coming up no she's working on it Oh, okay, she's working on getting it caught, so she can't leave later. She's just sitting there
0: fidgeting around, and it just magically gets caught to something.
1: (laughs) But they can't get the lock off. Ben shoots it. I'm already like, not a great idea, but okay. They shoot the lock off, and then they start putting the gas in the truck. (laughs) The torch that's just leaning on the truck falls onto the gas line.
0: Well because they don't you when you get gas it sheets let's say greg you take the nozzle okay. out and you put it in your gas tank and then you start pumping do you <laughs> take the no, do you take the nozzle off the thing immediately let the gas start going and wave it around everywhere
1: typically yes no yeah. of course not
0: <laughs> especially with these prices
1: <laughs> yeah but they drop it on that and of course it starts exploding they try putting it out it's of no use and Oh no! Shit's going down. Tom and Judy just start driving away without Ben. Yeah, <laughs> while well, the truck is on fire, because
0: Ben it like takes out like a rug from the back of the truck and is putting the fire out. Tom, uh, Tom jumps in with Judy and takes off, being like, "We need to get away from the pumps." And Ben's like, "What are you doing? Get out of the truck!" And, of course, the truck then, like, we already threw this entire thing. It's been, the truck is almost out of gas. I barely got here. Of course, they make it, like, 20 feet, and the truck stalls, and they have to get out. And this is when Judy's like, my jacket's caught! And Tom dives back in to save her, and they fucking explode.
1: Oh, yeah. Which, uh, what is it? For gasoline, if there's less gas in the tank... To have an explosion is more likely actually than a full tank of gas because the air in there, so that checks out.
0: Like the fumes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because that's what lights most of the time. And it explodes, they're dead. Ben's still trapped back by the gas pump and has to make it all the way through this back to the house. And he has to make it back to the house, back to
0: Harry Cooper, who is supposed to let him back in. They put everything on this guy who like immediately hates you. It's like, okay, you're gonna let us back in the house though, right? And he's like, Yeah.
1: Totally. He does not. He get let me in, let me in. Harry doesn't. Eventually, he gets up to do it right when Ben gets in anyway. Gets in, they secure the door, and then he just proceeds uh-huh. to beat the fuck out of him.
0: And fucking, like, bravo there, Ben. Just beat
1: the fuck out of fucking Harry Cooper. I hate this guy. Yeah, he does beat the fuck out of him. And, man, he deserves it, too, like you said. Um, Here's where we get a really gory scene of the movie, too. Like, to, again, establishing all the zombie tropes we ever know. And... We cut to the zombies eating Bob and Helen, and man, this actually looks great.
0: Oh, yeah, because George Romero went to a butcher and got real
1: guts for these
0: extras to chew on. And he was like, they went for it. They were very, like, gung-ho and being like, yeah, we can do it. And they're, like, chewing on livers and tearing, like, real intestines apart. We're like, you see the intestines get pulled apart and all this liquid falls out of them. So you're like, Ugh.
1: I hope they filled it up with something for that, because that's disgusting, if not...
0: it's just cow shit, like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, But that's the end of Bob and Helen. Barbara has completely lost it at this point, and this is where the TV thing's going on, right? Yeah, but she's like, that's not long at all! Like, she's just an insane person. They are talking about Karen being sick, and they find out she was bit. Again, I don't think they know that's how transmission occurs yet, though.
0: Because well, at this point, uh, the TV has come back on at 3 o'clock, 3 a.m. for the uh, next broadcast or whatever. And they t- start talking about, like, yeah, if, uh, you, if you're bit or injured by these things, get, seek medical attention immediately. Like, we really don't know what it could do to them. We find out in a second. Yeah, during the news broadcast, this is where like, okay, we're we're gonna cut to the field for some, uh, you know, field video for what's going on, and we cut to Pittsburgh's very own horror host, Chili Billy, uh, <laughs> interviewing George Kasana, the sheriff, who I got to meet a few years ago. It was just a couple years before he died, and. I thought he looked kind of old in this movie. Holy shit. You should, but I do love he did still wear the hat at the convention.
1: I don't like that you're saying he looks old because he looks like our age to me. I'm like, oh, really? no. No, I. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also like,
0: I know it's shot in the 60s, but it feels like the 50s for some reason.
1: And, because it's in black and white, too. Yeah. Like, that's why they had trouble distributing this, because everyone, like, especially in theaters, Theaters were where you went to see color pictures, you know what I mean? It wasn't black and white. So at this point, they had a hard time with the black and white sale. Uh, He was there at the
0: con, and I go around one time, and he's asleep at his booth. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wake up the old man (laughs) to get an autograph. So I go around again, he's still asleep. So then I go around again, and somebody else has woken him up. I see them wake him up, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I stand, like, a few feet away until they're done. And then I go up, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, not bad. It's really fucking early. <laughs> but, what was his reaction to being woken up? Oh, it's just like he kind of, he was like, oh, oh sorry. Uh, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> But I had him, like, he was super nice, but to do the autograph, he took, like, ten minutes, because he was like, what's your favorite line? And I'm like, oh, they're dead, they're all messed up, because I always loved that line. And then five minutes into him writing it, I was like, I should have chosen a different line.
1: (laughs) Dude, I don't, I mean, I'm only basing this off the two that I've met in my lifetime. But everyone for this movie is, I think, because most of them don't act. Otherwise, seem really happy when they meet fans. Oh yeah,
0: like when I met Russ Striner, he could not have been like any nicer. So I remember me and you were standing in a line to meet James Jude Courtney, the new Michael Myers, and I go, "Is that Russ Striner over there?" And I leave the giant line to go over and meet Night of the Living Dead guy because I'm like, James Jude Courtney is going to be around for a while, most likely. Russ Streiner, love the guy, he's awesome, super nice to meet. He's a lot older
1: than the other guy. You chose poorly, because I did both. (laughs) It was much easier to stay in that line (laughs) and go over. But anyway, yeah, we meet McClellan, and they're just showing they're going around sweeping and killing all the zombies they see. Oh, they're slow. Hit him in the head. They seem to go down if you hit him in the head. Right. And then, power goes out. All the zombies start breaking in, and it's chaos. They're trying to board up the door. And this motherfucker, Harry, takes the gun.
0: Yeah, where the zombies start breaking through everything. Ben's, like, they're trying to, like, hold the window together and drops the gun. And he's not, uh, Harry's not helping whatsoever. He's still standing by the basement. As soon as the gun falls, he's like, okay, here's my chance. Even his wife is helping. He's standing yeah. over there doing nothing other than when the gun falls, he grabs it, and he's like, Helen, get in the basement. And he's, like, pointing it at
1: Ben. Yeah, what's your plan? To help out the one guy who actually knows how to help you guys and keep you alive? Yeah, it's like, there's only a few of you. Why are you
0: infighting so much?
1: Yeah, uh, Ben gets the gun back after Harry goes to with the barricade and then Ben just shoots him as yes. he should.
0: And yeah, at this point it's like you already locked me outside and didn't help me there. There you almost killed me. Now you took the gun and you're pointing it at me. You're trying to almost kill
1: me again. I'm done with you. Oh, we didn't mention and it definitely should be mentioned. Ben Ben is a black man, which I don't think it's the first but like one of the first leads black leads in a horror movie, which Romero auditioned a bunch of people and he just like Dwayne, what's the last name? Jones. Dwayne Jones best. And he got the role and he got the role and stuff at the end can definitely be read into racially. George Romero has denied it, but it's so much there. I'm like, come on, George, come on. I don't know. Let's be real here.
0: Because everyone else says that, except for interviews with George Romero, where he went, no, it wasn't anything like that. It's just he was the best one for the part. I didn't change the part whatsoever.
1: I almost feel like this coming out in the 60s and everything George Romero did was we'll say, yeah, we did that on purpose. I feel like it definitely was, but to each their own. Um, if not, it's a crazy good coincidence, like the way it did, yep. very powerful. So who knows either way, but that definitely deserves being mentioned. I forgot yeah. to mention it earlier because I just assume everyone's seen this movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is one of those ones where it's like it's been talked about a lot, but I think we can add our own shit to it because I just love it so much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's always hard doing these movies that have been covered to death, but you know what? I'd hate it if we never got to this movie.
0: Oh yeah, this is one that I was like, we have to do this at some point during the show.
1: Yeah, but he does shoot Harry, and Harry stumbles down into the basement next to Karen, and I think he just dies, right? Yeah, because he's like reaching for Karen, then he falls over. So yeah, he just dies. Ben and Judy are still up there trying to hold everything together, and Barbara snaps to it all of a sudden, and saves Judy as she's being pulled out, but pulls her back in and saves... Motherfucker, I will not get their names right. God. Yes, thank you. Saves (laughs) Helen and pulls her in. She goes downstairs, and... Holy shit, we cut to Karen eating Harry. She's turned into a zombie. And this is
0: a fucking, like, this is, like, the T-shirt you see everywhere of, like, the little girl zombie with the blacked-out eyes. Like, I remember going to a con and being like, I want that shirt. And the guy sighed and being like, we're sold out of that one. Everyone wants that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's such an iconic image. And this is where we learn people can be turned by a bite and everything. I'm harping on this point, setting up everything we ever get from Zombieland to The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like all these things today, all back to here. Exactly. I realize how old I am when I say Zombieland (laughs) is today. And that came out when I was in high school. Holy shit, I'm (laughs) old.
0: Well, I even love, like, Walking Dead was still, like, even though, like, it was really great at the beginning and it petered out at the end. I kind of gave up on it, I think, around season six. They still would throw in Romero zombies in there. Like, where you're like, that's the original ghoul. Like, not the the guy, but that's the makeup.
1: Yeah, definitely. Karen's down there. She's all zombified now. She grabs the, what is it, like a gardening thing? It's like a trowel. Thank you. And just kills her mom right there. Stabs into her a bunch of times, psycho style. Oh, and it's a, this is another movie. Other than a
0: few scenes of, like, you see them eating, like, the animal guts, there's no real gore. Like, you see, like, the motion of Karen stabbing her mother, and you see, like, a blood splatter go against, like, the wall. But it's mostly, like, just this weird, like... They edit her scream where it's all, like, echoey and stuff, and it's just really creepy, and just the facial expressions. Like, that conveys it more than, oh, here's her intestines coming out, and, you know.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong. I would love to see the intestine cut there, too. Oh, yeah, that would also be cool. (laughs) But she's dead. Then the doors break open, the zombies are fucking in, and who does Barbara come face-to-face with? But Zombie oh, Johnny. Which
0: this is... I love that
1: he has his driving gloves on, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, because it has to remind you who he was, because that's was one of his things, and he's still in his suit. That's the picture yes. I got Russ Streiner to sign for me.
1: Well, i have him and Barbara in this cemetery, but... Nice. Well done. But, yeah, so Zombie Johnny breaks in, and, of course, this sends Barbara right back into shock. Johnny! Johnny, no! And grabs her and pulls her out in the horde, like, falls over her, killing Barbara. Yes, And then, down in the basement, Ben's down there, locks himself in. He's going with the original plan anyway, but in his defense, only because the good plan got fucked up. Yeah, because they could have had that as a backup
0: plan. They didn't have to immediately go down there, even though, like, yeah, at the very end, that is what saved him. And it kind of does make sense of, like, if the zombies don't see that anyone's in the house, then they're going to move on. But they also don't know that.
1: I love right before he gets to the basement, though, zombie Karen almost gets him. Like, the little kid is almost what takes our hero out. Yeah,
0: and Ben, like, picks her up and throws her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that had to be a fun day on set for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, He's down there, and he shoots zombie Harry and Helen. Yes. Uh, the last time I have to mention her name, I got it right. <laughs> Stays down there all night. And I love, like, it's because it's just... A very non music practical shot here, but all these zombies walking around this old creaky farmhouse, and you just hear like the floor creaking and everything. One, I'm worried, like, I'm surprised they never actually fell through the floor. That many people in there, they're pushing against the door, like
0: to the basement, and the wall is also moving, so it also looks like the yeah. wall could come down.
1: Wait, I- I don't think it was planned, but gives like extra tension to the scene. Like, oh, there are so many of them out there.
0: Yeah. This is just an old rickety house. Who knows what's going to (laughs) happen?
1: But he stays down there long enough that we see the next morning and all the zombies are gone from the house. And we cut back to McClellan's crew checking out area around the house. They get some free coffee. They're all happy about it.
0: Oh yeah. We get another uh, scene by Chilly Billy, Pittsburgh's own horror host.
1: (laughs) Yep. And. They're, oh, gonna sweep out, there's a house down there I want to check out. Ben hears the sirens and everything outside, full of hope, so he goes out from the basement, goes to a window. I do like the scene outside before this part, though, of them just taking out zombies, like, you, you know how redneck our area is. Yeah. This would 100% be oh. what it is. Just a bunch of guys out driving
0: zombies. If zombies happened, the rednecks would have a field day. It's like, oh, we get to shoot people and not just deer? Yeah, they come across like the burn up truck and they're they're joking around like, oh, it looks like someone had a cookout here last night.
1: Yeah. And then they see Ben in the window. like, Oh, there's one in the house right there. Line up in your scope. And right when Ben goes to the window after all the shit he's been through, bam. He's dead. And he falls over. And it's just like, and the
0: sheriff's just like, okay, he's dead. There's another one for the fire. And then it's like, go scoop him up. And it's just so, like, anticlimactic of just like, holy shit. Like, Ben got through all of this. He made it through the night. He made it past all the monsters. And then the people killed him.
1: It's like heart dropping when you see it after all this shit, like he went through right when he thinks he's saved, bam, not even by the thing that was the threat, the whole movie. And then you get this grisly ending, oh. which is all just photographs. It's not like a scene, but photos of the scene of them hooking him with like hay bale hooks, throwing him onto the fire and everything, his body. And it's, it's not gory or bloody, but it's just gruesome to see. Cause it looks like real life stuff. That's not great. And it looks like a lynching and it's, rough and brutal as hell even taking that aside they're just like i said our hero that made it this far just to be killed by some rednecks who are excited about their coffee in the morning just mowing down zombies took out a real human kind of sucks but man I hate to call it perfect, but what a perfect ending.
0: Oh, yeah, where even Ben gets, like, you see him laying on the pile of fire. And, like, one of the zombies... Like, I forget if it's the original ghoul that you see in the cemetery or if it was Johnny. But you see one of the zombies you recognize laying just right beside him.
1: Yeah, so he's just one of them to them. You know what I mean? It's not even differentiated that this guy went through all this. I think that's the part that sticks with you the most, like, it doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah, and it's just bleak, because even the
0: music is just very, it's more of that, like, kind of just sci-fi stark, just, like, very whittled-down music.
1: Oh, definitely. Man, but then, credits, and that's the movie, and what a movie it is. Yeah, I mean... Well,
0: movie I've loved since I was little and I remember seeing that scene like one of the first times and being like, holy shit not every movie has a happy ending where they like, fly off into the sunset sometimes everyone dies
1: <laughs> or even like if it's not a happy ending, it's not like he made this last stand and was struck down in battle, no, right. accident, bam it's bleak as all hell but what a masterpiece it is I wonder what ratings are gonna be on oh. this before we get to the end of episode stuff, anything
0: else you wanted to add to it? Um, I mean, I could talk about this movie forever. Just, I love it so much. I have so much history with it. This is, this is a movie that's on the list of I don't know what to watch. This is a go-to. Like Basket Case or Friday the 13th Part 1.
1: Yeah, definitely. You can put it on anywhere. It always feels appropriate for the time. Unless trick-or-treat, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into Count of the Dead. Uh, for episode 100. So for those who don't know, the throughout the count of the dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie and add them to a grand total of all the deaths we've ever covered in any movie, last episode we did was Predator, which left us with a count of the dead of 1,119. Where do you think Night of the Living Dead brought us?
0: Oh, that's kind of hard. Do you count
1: zombies that were killed? I don't count any zombies. Okay. Unless we saw them as people first. Oh. Um, and even then, it's only one death per being. Right. So like if we see someone die and they come back as a zombie and die again, it's still only one.
0: So, I'm going to say five. No, six. I'm going to say six.
1: You want to up that number a little bit? We take it to seven. If you would have upped it one more, you would have got it, because it's eight. Oh, okay. We'll think of basically all of our crew. Yeah. We have the three family members, the couple, Barbara, Johnny, and Ben. Right. I forgot about the little girl. Yep. So it brings us to eight, a count of the dead of 1,127. Very nice.
0: Well, every week... Which, great...
1: Real quick, b- yep. before we jump into ratings, this might be the last week we do count of the dead the way we know it. Right. It's me and you're talking about it. Because I, we'll still always count the deaths, don't worry. But with adding them to the grand total, because I'm like, man... M- It'll give us a lot more freedom, because it's not like if a movie comes out we want to do and just throw it in next. Sometimes we have to wait for everything we have banked to come out so it doesn't mess up Count of the Dead and stuff. So, we'll always count the deaths. This might be our last total total.
0: Right, yeah, we won't do the grand total anymore, most likely, but we will still get the count of the dead.
1: Or maybe we'll do a monthly total or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. But not every episode. Well, anyway.
1: (laughs) For 100 episodes, 1,127 deaths. We are desensitized as hell.
0: Yeah, well, after 100 episodes, we've gotten over 1,000 deaths, and that's nothing to be sad about. No,
1: <laughs> oh, definitely not.
0: Well, every Greg right, does this count of the dead, ah, 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 and I do my ratings from Dimension Z. Um, so basically, I take something from the movie, and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, and I don't come up with what that thing is until right now. Let me think.
1: Choose wisely on this one. One, it's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Two, this is episode hundred, Brett. Yeah, it has to be something that celebrates the situation. Okay. Um. Well, no ash kisses or dirt <laughs> or
0: no, <we're> hairy men.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. I'm going to go graveyards.
1: Perfect. That, that's perfect. Our old logo was a cemetery of
0: the pumpkin and stuff. Well done. Exactly. So, a number one graveyard, the worst kind of graveyard, is like I don't know about you, Greg, but I do like to visit graveyards sometimes and walk around, see all the really cool old headstones, look at the names, look at the dates and stuff. And that is really fun when it's a really old graveyard. So the worst kind of graveyard I would think of, it's like, there's like three headstones, and they just recently died, so you're like, this isn't like, cool looking, it's just a brand new headstone. Yeah, I I mean, I don't go out of my way to walk around them, but sometimes I will, yes. And I'm going to do a number 10 graveyard, the best kind of graveyard, is Evans City Cemetery. Agreed where it, that is like the cemetery. It's like uh, 35 Broad Street, Jane's and Silent Bob's, was the greatest comic book store ever. This yeah. is the greatest cemetery ever. Agree. Um, I'm giving Night of the Living Dead one... Gra- no, I'm giving it 10 graveyards out of 10, of course, because I love this movie so much, and it's one of the reasons I love living in Pennsylvania so much.
1: Definitely. And look... Let's be real, it's it's a 10 for me as well, which I am on a streak of 10s, but just because we loaded up right before 100 with a ton of great ones and right after, to be honest. Yeah. So, believe me, I don't always give 10s. In fact, I pretty rarely do. But yeah, it's a 10, of course. Yeah. So, which also enters it into the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame, which the Throbbing with Horror Hall of Fame is any movie that earns a perfect 10 from both me and you, and the current class is... Halloween, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Hereditary, Trick or Treat, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Fly, Dracula, and introducing Night of the Living Dead. Very nice. It fits in there perfectly. Definitely. Alright, well just like, because it's episode 100, we are making some changes. Just like Count of the Dead, we'll do it this week, but I don't know if we're always going to mention what we're doing next week for the same exact reason. But keep an eye on our social media as you always know what's coming up. But we will say this one for two reasons. It wasn't even planned to double feature with this. It just worked out really perfectly. Because we wanted to do it around 4th of July. And I'm not waiting another year to do it. <laughs> so should we talk about next week?
0: Yes. And it fits perfectly because John Russo wrote the original script for this movie before they made it like really funny.
1: Yes, exactly. Which next week is... Do you
0: want a party?
1: Return of the Living Dead, baby.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. We get punks and zombies. Two of my favorite things.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good time. And the return of Intern Cory is coming back. Cory, who's on our Destroy All Monsters episode, call him Intern, Intern Cory because, yeah, that's not us on the social media post posting the fun memes all the time. Cory helps out with a lot of that. So Intern Cory will be on for next week as well. Yes, which I'm excited to have him back on the show. Oh, for sure. So yeah, come back next Friday. It'll be Return of the Living Dead. It'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. The other side of 100. And it just fits perfectly. And don't worry, we'll be getting into some really shitty movies again after this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have some planned out. But that's all I got, man. Congratulations on 100 episodes. For real, like, Good job, dude. Like, Impressed that we were able to pull this off. Yeah,
0: let's give ourselves a nice pat on the back. Way to go, Brett and Greg. You talked about horror movies that you would have done anyway 100 times in a row.
1: <laughs> exactly. And thank everyone who listened to this point for real. Thank you guys a lot. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you so much. Well, unless you got anything else, man? No, that's about all I got. All right, well, we hope that Night of the Living Dead has left your brain throbbing with horror, Barbara.
1: Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the throbbing with horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.